Hello and welcome to the Heads and Volleys podcast with me, Lee Dunn. So we're entering that crazy time where we're now wrapping up a fall season. Coaches are coaching multiple teams and here in California we're working through State Cup and we just had a Halloween weekend fill of tournaments. We've got so much going on and if you coach older players, you're trying to get all of the games in before they break for high school, which is happening any day now. And as we head into the holidays, it's always a really nice time to stop, of course, and to reflect. And a lot of the time, coaches will reflect and just think, how can I do this more? We have significant others at home, maybe children too, and we're working hard. We're on the field from three or four o'clock till five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sometimes we're training even later, depending on the allocation of fields that we have. It's dark, of course. Now the clocks have changed. It's getting colder. It's getting darker. Maybe we're moving indoors if we don't have outdoor space anymore. There's so much going on and the grind continues. Maybe during the day you've got another job that you're doing. Perhaps on the weekends you'd love to go to the pumpkin patch instead of hustling to get to another game from another game and making sure you have all your passes and and all of the stuff that comes on with being a coach. And a lot of it I feel like we accept. It's just part of the job. But one of the things that I think we all struggle with or something that we all want to do is to make more money. And if you look at the general approach to coaching it is you coach teams you get paid x amount of money per team and maybe you find another club that will pay more and there are clubs that will pay more or pay less and that's kind of based on where you are and and that's what you have to accept or maybe you don't accept it and you don't coach but ultimately we all want to make more money and the concept here is just to share some ideas so that if you're not a director you are going to a director and just instead of saying, can I have more money or I want more money, where they would say, maybe not, maybe you don't have it in our budget, maybe you need to go and figure it out for yourself, or maybe that's just, it is what it is. And there's a lot of that in youth soccer, unfortunately. It is what it is. This is what you get paid. Deal with it. So really exploring now ways that we can, if we're a director, ways we can incentivize our staff or ways that we can, as individual coaches, provide more of a service and kind of grow on from there. Because the simple way that a lot of coaches will begin to make more money is to offer private training, whether that's to their own players or whether that's through apps like CoachUp or any other kind of resource where you have connections with players and you begin to do field training. But of course, you only have so many hours in a day. There's only so many hours in a day that you can be on a field with players, of course, before you have regular life that needs to take over too. So if you are building a private training model, maybe you're soon going to run out of hours and then you're going to hit your limit in terms of making money there too. And of course, private training has a significant value. I think that you can really challenge and engage with players in a whole new way that you don't necessarily do in, in team training environments. Um, I think a lot of people will probably use private training just to make money first and foremost, and that's its own issue in itself. But there is a lot of merit that comes from it. And you also develop a lot as a coach, I feel, in terms of experience and ways to connect and challenge new players. But ultimately, there are a couple of ways that you can do this. There are things like director roles within clubs. Maybe you have a director of coaching for age groups. Maybe you have a director of coaching for girls or for boys or for goalkeeping. Maybe there's a director of tournaments or a director of fields. 
These are all roles that you may be able to pick up simply by offering your time. And you can do a lot of those during the hours where you're not on the field. Maybe you're working from home. And so you can add that in. And I was a field director for one of my previous clubs. And I did it for two reasons. I did it for one because it gave me extra money. But I was also then able to have an impact on my own schedule especially when I was coaching in San Francisco, it was very difficult to get a good balanced schedule with the way the fields are allocated in the city by the city as opposed to it being owned by the club. So I was able to have an impact on my own schedule, but it also meant that I got more involved with the club and I was able to help deliver or begin to deliver the philosophy of the club in trying to get teams training together, coaches training together, trying to get this club feel as much as possible. So I saw an opportunity there and I stepped up into the role. Again, in due in part because it gave me more money, but then it was also a good way for me to get involved with the club. Now, maybe a club doesn't need any more directors. Maybe you don't have any directors. Or perhaps you have a technical director who does absolutely everything and is constantly stressed or constantly working. I had a coffee with a friend the other day who's a director of soccer and within the hour that we were sat there, he had received 30 emails, 40 emails. That's not any good for anyone. So maybe you can offer your services that way and begin to build yourself a role. But I want to get into two kind of separate approaches here. One will be a budget-related approach and then the other will be a non-budget start with the budget approach. Budget is when you go to your director and you say, hey, um, I want to make more money. I think I do a great job here and I feel like I'm deserved. And then the director says, yeah, I agree with you, but this is how much we have budgeted. That's the budget. And the clubs are maybe beginning to work through those budgets now. But looking at going forwards, the budget will also include a lot of things like fields or the clubman approach, as I like to call it. Can you line fields? Do the fields need lining? What about grass? Does the grass need cutting? You know, when you go to a field and the big mower cuts the main grass and around the posts is all sorts of tufts of grass that the mower doesn't get. And maybe there's a budget for someone to go and trim those. Maybe you could do that. Things like setting up goals on the weekends or taking out goals to wherever they need to be. Then look at Behind the scenes stuff, registration. Behind every good club is a good registrar. Could that be you? Do you have the bandwidth for that? Do you have the patience for that? Do you have the understanding for it? Can you take on a registration role? And often a lot of the times, registrars will get paid per player that they register. So uh, on top of the registration fee, there's always an extra dollar amount and that registrar gets that for completing that task. Do you need to print player passes and, bun- and laminate them and bunch them up for the players to or for the coaches for when they go to tournaments or to regular games? Referee assigning is another option where you have to take a course and you have to be certified to assign referees, but you begin to build connections with referees. You begin to assign referees to games and then you get paid for when referees are assigned and referees referee games. So two simple ways that a budget will be incorporated that you can take it on. You're not really asking for anything more. Now, of course, it means that you are going to take on a little bit more work, but maybe your schedule works in a way that you can do the registration stuff after coaching when everybody's in bed. One of the luxury roles is when clubs will use social media or their websites or they pay for Google AdWords or they pay to become the first result in a city when someone searches insert city and soccer and then the first they pay for these where 
now this is the organization that shows up first. There's lots of roles attributed to that. If your club probably is like most youth soccer clubs where they have a Instagram and a Facebook and a TikTok and it's it's okay. There's not really a lot on there. If you look at yours, it's probably just pictures of kids winning trophies, which is cool, but it's not very good. It's, it's just what everybody else does. And then you wonder why people come to your club and ask about winning tro- tournaments or trophies when what they saw on social media was exactly that. But we can spend a lot of time building a brand for our organization through social media. And maybe there's a little bit of money in the budget or a little bit left over for you to collect pictures from teams and from going out on the field before your game or after your game where you can take pictures of other teams playing or other coaches and you can grab interviews with coaches and you can build this profile of this organization all online. And it's so simple to do, but it just takes some work. So maybe there's a a little bit of a budget attached to that. Or maybe you say to the organization, 100 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, whatever you feel comfortable with asking, however much time you want to put into it. And here is what I would like to do. And I'll do it for a month for free. And, and I'll show you how good I am or I'll show you what I need. And then begin to build the communication with the coaches that, and the families and the team managers that I need pictures, I need video, I need interviews. So then we'll look at your organization, maybe giving out memberships. There are all sorts of home training programs that have popped up, especially because of the pandemic, where you will say to everybody, hey, we're partnered with X company and everybody gets a login and you get access to all of the homework videos and all of the skill videos and all of the skill challenges that are on their website. Now, my challenge is to you, could you do the same thing with social media and with YouTube? Could you create a training program for your club and then each week everybody is assigned the same challenge? Each week everybody is assigned the same task or the same video that builds maybe a club philosophy or a club director, uh, a club direction for style of play and such. There are lots of things that you can take on in that regard and it also helps you with developing video and editing skills. It helps you develop communication. It helps you develop an understanding of where the organization is going and it helps make you become a little bit more valuable. Another key one that I love is like a parent relation role or like a field marshal. If your organization has a complex and they're paying for someone to be out there just to direct people, could you become that paid person between your games? And instead of just saying, yes, field two is over there. Yes, parents are on this side. Yes, you need to be off the turf with your chairs or whatever rules your complex or your fields have. Hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm the coach here and I get to know more people. I get to know people. I get to find out what they think. I get to see other coaches who are coaching. I get to ask questions. I get to take the pictures and the videos. Now I'm becoming invaluable to this organization. Maybe you are the coach of the A team and there's a B and a C team. Maybe you're the top coach within a group of 7v7 or 9v9. Are there age group leads or coordinators that an extra couple hundred bucks could be kicked to where you are now responsible for connecting the coaches of that age group? Coach 2012 girls, for example, and there are three or four teams. Could you be the group lead who then connects everybody, gets everybody on the same page so that hopefully players are learning similar concepts. If your club has a big curriculum, that's all tied together. But if not, as a group of coaches that are working solely with these players, perhaps you have the ways and the means to connect these guys and then present that to your director of coaching. Perhaps you have ways that you can bring all of the players together in an academy style to train and you would be the lead for that. 
This is something that's vastly missing in a lot of clubs where we have A, B, and C teams and parents that are on the A team have no interest knowing the B or the C and the C team know that they'll never get to the A team and the B team is kind of in the middle and always a bit of a pain in the backside. So as an age group lead, perhaps you connect all of those parents, perhaps you connect all of those coaches, perhaps you connect the training sessions. Another big one for organizations, and the last one here, is that there are players beginning to look at college and high school as they get older. Does your club have a college program? Does it have a high school program? Do you have any information available to parents that just needs a little bit more on it? Perhaps you have experience with college, with high school. Maybe you coach high school too. So you can provide that link and that information for what it means to play club soccer and for what it means to try and get into college. What players need to be doing for club and for college and for high school. There's a lot of resources on Twitter of people that have so much to say and so much to share in regards to roles like that, that all of these are budget constraints. So when you sit down with your director, instead of saying, can I have more money, perhaps saying, I noticed this person, this parent is paid to do this, or this person that's not a coach or not involved in the organization is paid to do this. I would like to take that on. Or is there a chance for a second person? Or if that person never does it, then I would like to do it. And I'm offering my services here and it's all tied into the budget. So you're almost guaranteeing yourself some, some, some funds from whatever the budget account is. Now, the non-budget stuff is stuff that I'm really passionate about because I think that you can be your own version of an entrepreneur here. You can be your own version of a go-getter because a lot of organizations don't know what they need because they're so wrapped up and they're so busy. Think about the director of soccer conversation that I mentioned earlier. The guy is so busy, as are most directors, as are most technical directors, directors of soccer. They're so busy dealing with what's directly in front of them. They rarely have a chance to actually reflect on what's going on around them. Now, if you've taken any U.S. soccer coaching licenses recently, the A or the B license especially, we do a lot of SWOT analysis and we look at our organizations and then we do these circles of influence and the circles of influence are really interesting because things that I can control and things that my organization controls and then where is the, where is the crossover? Where can I get involved more? And it's really helpful to see as an individual how you can be more involved in an organization without just coaching five teams, which I have a friend who coaches five teams and it's ridiculous. I have no idea how he has any energy or any time for anything other than those five teams. And then going from game to game to game, because here in Northern California, when we tie State Cup into league play, most teams are playing on Saturday and Sunday during the fall season. So now he's looking at 10 games every weekend. How on earth can that coach apply themselves professionally to five teams? I'll never know. But non-budget stuff that you can begin to take on with your own time would be offering to run specialist clinics or camps. If your organization doesn't run camps, maybe you can take on directing the camps. In reality, most organizations will see camps as a moneymaker, which of course they are, and sometimes they build the fees in for every player in an organization to take part in a camp, which is a great moneymaker, of course, but someone's got to direct that, someone's got to manage it, someone's got to staff it, someone's got to write the curriculum for it, someone's got to do all the logistics. 
That could be you. Because again, it often falls on a director of soccer who doesn't really want to do it. So you can take a little bit of the pie and then become a camp or a clinic director. Think about Black Friday. Black Friday, parents go shopping. Great. Drop your kids off from nine till one and we'll run a four-hour soccer camp. And here's what it's going to be. I'll take that on. No problem. What about goalkeeper training? Most organizations now are building in goalkeeping. And if you don't have goalkeeping experience, perhaps you could still run the goalkeeper training with a paid goalkeeper trainer. Again, you become the middleman, you become the connector, you're easing the stress on a director and you're getting your own experience at directing if you're not already directing for yourself. Specialist programming like that, sometimes it's built into budget, so it could be a budget crossover, but it may also be a non-budget. That If you're a goalkeeper here, your fees are actually a little bit extra because we're going to offer you extra training, which seems a little backwards, I know, but sometimes that's the case. So it's always worth asking these questions and figuring out where you may fit into this. Same thing with defenders or with strikers. Maybe you played as a striker at college and you can offer some specialist striker training. That's a really good little thing to do. Then look at refereeing. Could you referee? There's a huge shortage of referees right now. Here in Northern California, they just allowed anybody with a player pass to receive a crash course in training in US club soccer, receive a a crash course in training for refereeing, and then they can go and referee. Could you do the same thing where you are? Can you take a quick online course, you complete the online training, get a field training session in and then become a referee for the remainder of the season or for next season. Think about if you have a game at noon, maybe you referee the 9, the 10 and the 11 o'clock game if they're short or the 9 and the 10.30 game. Then suddenly 12 o'clock your game comes and you're coaching and then you go home. So you've just coached coached a game, refereed two. Another role that I've been toying with and something I think that everybody would like and it kind of spurred from going to a tournament and then the guys are there with the big cameras and they're filming it and you can pay for the film. What if you did that for your organization? A lot of organizations now are getting cameras like the VO camera or Trace or whichever, pick your poison really, and I think they're awesome. But a lot of the time, we don't really know what to do with it. A busy coach, think back to my friend with five teams, has no interest in breaking down film for five teams. Maybe he picks one, maybe he picks his favorite, maybe he does one a week, maybe he does one a month, however it works out. But that's five teams that it's very difficult to do that for. So now as a head analysis, you can film games, be out there, make sure, especially with home games, everybody's game gets filmed. And then maybe you analyze those games. Maybe the teams will, or the coach will give you something out of their budget to pay for you to provide an analysis piece. Perhaps you provide even just highlights of goals. Perhaps you provide highlights of what the previous training programming was. So if the team's been working on breaking pressure and using the width, maybe you're looking for moments in a game that the coach has given you, you clip those, you send them to the coach. Suddenly the coach is really happy because he doesn't have to do that and he's got one, two, three, four, five minutes of film, and then he or she can say to their players, here you go, this is, this is proof of the pudding, or maybe we need to work on this a little bit more. But it's providing a constant resource for people. And I call this the hustle, like the non-budget is, is a hustle, because you've got to look at your organization, you've got to look at what you think the organization could benefit from, or what they need, or what you hear from parents. And that's a really good way to find out too, is asking parents what they think, What do you think? What would you like? What do you want to see here? And then go and do it. Another one non-budget wise is the age that a club starts at. Most will start at seven or eight years old. How are your skill sets for coaching four and five-year-olds? 
There's a reality that there are a lot of soccer organizations that will provide programming for kids as soon as they can walk and run. Why doesn't your organization do that? Why don't you do that? 8 a.m. every Saturday morning, because we know the kids are up early from 8 till 8.45, they're coming out and they're working through some skill stuff and they're playing scrimmages. Maybe the club takes 50% of the registration fee and you take the other 50%. Because they don't have it, you can bargain for it and you can provide an incredible experience. Now, if you've been listening to this and thinking, oh boy, I got a lot of stuff that I could do, a lot of stuff that I can work on, or what did he say here? And, and what was that idea for goalkeeping? Whatever it is, I'm going to put all of this into a blog post. It'll be available on leadonsoccer.com. And it's really important that you just take a look at what, what your organization needs, because maybe some of the ideas I've said are irrelevant. Maybe you already have all of those roles, but hopefully it triggers something else, some other way that you can improve the money that you make and the services that you offer and also develop your own experience in terms of directing, in terms of leading, in terms of just not accepting for this is the way it is. This is the way it is, is the thing that I think is killing our game. It's killing the experience of our coaches. And the only answer for so many coaches is to take on more teams or to offer more in terms of field training for their players. And I think that we can get really smart in developing programming that an organization doesn't even realize they need. And then as you get experience, you begin to run that program. So you don't have to be the one on the field doing it. You will bring people in, you will train them, you will recruit the right people for the right job. And suddenly you are a director. Suddenly you are taking on this extra responsibility with really good experience. And then you move on from there. And I think just accepting that we have to coach so many teams is is not the answer or that a director says, we just don't have it in the budget, I'm sorry. Well, I can make my own budget for myself because here is what I want to do. And maybe you just need a little bit of field time. Maybe you just need to get to know the web guy so you can update the website quickly and get social media out quicker. But you can really do this in terms of just accepting that I have to coach more teams. So now as we head into the holidays, it's early November, so we've got a little ways away to go. But I think that you can really make a difference for your coming seasons.